for the first time in God, I can't even remember how long it's you been. having coffee? No. <laughs> I pulled an all nighter. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> you can't you can't put that out into the world, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, what? Yesterday I woke up at uh five forty five and it is now ten fifteen the next day and i have yet to sleep oh my god that's a sustainable <laughs> lifestyle karmic you should see how far you can push that hey you know what i mean are you at I, the loopy I, stage yet no you know i almost actually well i don't know does you know ooh, the sun's coming up i should go hit the trail <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the is thing is it's like now now you've yeah now you've introduced like a new thing or you know back into your life <laughs> yeah and and you're trying to live your normal life at the same time. So, yeah. This can't end well. <laughs> uh, can it? <laughs> I mean, really? No, it could end. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's going to be well. <laughs> at your age, you should not be well, like exactly. wagging my finger at you. I know, right? Oh. No. Honestly, the biggest reason was constant in design crashes. Oh no. I remember Over. that time there's an episode back there where you had this crazy Revit project takedown <laughs> crash, right? And it was like some yes. piece of casework from yeah. steel case yeah, or something a, like that. But. It was it was a uh, family t- taken from some manufacturer that had some thing. It had had like some corruption. Asian file name characters that Revit couldn't handle or something odd like that was de- yeah. buried deep inside nested families or something like that. And it's like <laughs> this stuff is the stuff that no one should ever have to deal with, but it happens all the time. Now this, this just goes to my, uh, my gripe, my constant gripe that people who buy our computers should actually ask the people that work on those computers if they're hey, the right computers <laughs> exactly you're going to be doing a lot of you know graphic intensive stuff do you think just a normal laptop slash workstation is good enough for you i mean the other no problem is, is that no adobe, is the yeah the answer is no adobe's <laughs> like revit in that way where the code oh gosh, is so yes. old right it's there's yeah. so many band-aids on top of really old. i mean there's there's code in photoshop that's it's got to be 25 years old, you know, mm. maybe yeah. more. And modern computing is so different now, but it is, a, it's a lot of hard work to go back and swap that stuff out for more modern frameworks. And because as soon as you do, it breaks everything else, right? I mean, yeah. that's the nature of coding something over the long haul is that it's just, uh, it's, it's duct tape and twine, right? Holding it together. Isn't, I mean, but. I mean, you would know better than I would, but I mean, you know, wouldn't wouldn't just rewriting it so it's more optimized for a mobile usage oh, just yeah. make far more sense? It, it, it well, yeah, but it's just uh, that's probably a ten million dollar effort. It's something insane. 
it's crazy how expensive it is to develop software because it just takes so much time. And then everyone would just be but waiting for it, it right? <laughs> everyone would be waiting for it. <laughs> isn't it crazy how much they charge us for old, crappy, you yeah, know, software? Yeah. So it literally so, is outdated. It's like, oh, hey, I'm going to go buy the the most up-to-date Yugo. Really? Hmm. I mean... Uh, well, there are other options out there, but then you get into the whole conversation about uh, training costs and assets that you already have libraries full of to plug into said software that you depend on on a day-to-day -day basis. And well, people don't like to use new things, and change I'll is give, difficult. I'll give you a great example. I mean, right now, apparently, either it's because of cost or maybe it's not playing well with the end user or whatever, but... We are making a decision to go away from SketchUp mm -hmm. because, and I believe it's mostly cost or, you know, they did change their licensing. licensing yeah. They changed their licensing. I think it's, yeah. And so you should see, you should, you know, the, the revolution that was, you know, ready to start because mm -hmm. of the loss of SketchUp mm -hmm. was, was pretty massive. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, you know, me being one of them too, I was just like, you're, you're kidding me so now i've got to go in and you know i've got to learn rhino or i've got to learn form it and yeah because i've got all the time in the world to to basically do that is in between all of my late nighters or all nighters <laughs> this is it this is the this is the conundrum this is the architects hate yeah. two things they hate the way things are i mean here you are complaining about InDesigner revit and Full and, circle. and then <laughs> they hate change and you don't want to give up change. your old crusty sketchup right like it's this is where we are i i wouldn't mind giving it up if i honestly could and and obviously i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to learn rhino or whatchamacallit form it mm -hmm. i mean i, I just I, I haven't had i hate to say it as an excuse but i haven't had the time well, the th I mean, well, there, yeah, you have to make time. <laughs> it doesn't just show yeah. up. But I mean, also the the thing I think that a lot of people don't think about it this way, but but it's the truth, especially for someone like you and for people who've been around for a while. <laughs> That's a nice way to say wow. the oldies here is you already know how to use these other programs. Honestly, you do. You knew how to use AutoCAD. You know how to use SketchUp. Like that is what Rhino is a is a child of those two programs. Like. And I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but like you already know how to use these things. It's just what what people don't like is they don't like looking at something different. They don't like searching for where the tool is, and they don't like feeling like they're slower in something, even if that's temporary. And these are all kind of the psychological <laughs> things that surround well, switching you, apps. You know, you know, that's that is true because. Um... The first software that I learned was MicroStation. I think it was MicroStation 95. Yeah, and, me too. And then, and, and that was kind of like in the interim between, you know, the, the time that I dropped out of school and was working for a firm. And that's the, the program that they used was MicroStation. Right. So I went back to school and there, it was funny, it's like when I left, school we were actually using form z and we were on Macs. i left you know went into the pc world i came back and the, the school had converted to pcs and they were using cad and so i was watching people like draft on you know in autocad and i'm like 
God, this is so slow. I mean, it's just like 15 different steps to do one step that mm-hmm. you could do in microstation. Mm-hmm. And so I used to race people. I used to like challenge people to a race, you know, cause they had microstation and, and I would just like, you know, say, watch that. Oh damn, I'm done. And then and they're just like, wait, I'm just still trying to find the line tool. And so, yeah. And and then what's funny enough is that what did I end up uh, using when I went out into the real world? AutoCAD. AutoCAD. Yep. And then Revit. You, you know, kind of, you just learn what you have to learn and you don't want well, to add a bunch of tools you, to your toolbox. But at on, the same honestly, time. To, to be quite honest with you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to actually learn Formit or uh, Rhino if if it's something that integrates easily into Revit so that unlike SketchUp that you would lose a lot of your production time by trying to either convert something from Revit into SketchUp or vice versa. I mean, and we do that often a lot of times just to kind of like get real quick, fast clay models and things like that. Mm-hmm. But obviously you can do that with the tools that are inherent to that work well with Revit. Because mm-hmm. you and still got to make about? a set of drawings. I, I don't. I don't draw that much anymore. Yeah. Which is sad to me, but still. Well, and, and honestly, like that, that is, I've talked about that so many times. That's the answer is to have somebody else do it. And you're, you need to guide them, mentor them, transfer your knowledge to them so that they can become mm-hmm. better architects and take your hands off the wheel. <laughs> I want to walk over with a wooden ruler and smack your hands. Get off, get away, step away. <laughs> enable somebody else you know it's it's so funny too because like this and the the reason why i was up so late is because we were trying to get a a concept submission out the door and we don't have a lot of staff on the project right now it's there's they're coming but they're not here yet and so you know it's basically all hands on deck but my role is you know, as project managers, a little bit different than, you know, my role as a project architect would be. And, and so all I wanted to do is just jump in and draw, like, just give me a building. Look, oh, look, there's the academic building. Let me go ahead and, and work on that. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm sad. Because why? Because I, mean, I had, because I have other things to do. Now we got to I have, I've got, know reports to write and narratives to write and basis of design narratives and all the other and, stuff and orchestrating the consultants and everything else you know and the good thing is is we've got a, a really good robust like you know project management team um together so yeah i can't really divulge too much information right now but it's it's insanity is what it is yeah it sounds like it it doesn't sound sustainable. Insanity. Can't it can't sustain it insanity. No. No, not at all. All I want to do is sleep. And I'm like, hey, let's record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you just can't say no. I like, well, actually, that's probably my biggest problem is I just can't say no. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Although the only thing that I've said no to right now is sleep. Sleep. Yep. And you're not drinking coffee or anything, so I <clears throat> I don't know how you're doing it. And I, and I haven't <gasps> drinking coffee. Yeah. Just no. caffeinated tea. Or or sh- no. 
No, I don't no, even drink caffeinated tea. tea. Yeah, I mean, unless unless I'm missing something that ginger lemon ginger tea is caffeinated, I haven't. It says. Wow, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. Water, lemon water, and lemon tea. Well, <clears throat> it's the lemon. I'll pray for you, it's Cormac. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, i just i was actually i just can't believe that, actually, that this is an expectation that a deadline can be that short and have nobody working on the project and like the people who are there are just gonna yeah just uh that just sounds sounds like poor project planning to me sitting over here on the other side you know it, it could be a little bit far <clears throat> well you know here's 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 an interesting thing that's going on in the architectural world now that we are coming out of COVID. People are starting to work again, meaning that a lot of projects, especially in the commercial architecture side of things, especially in higher ed, a lot of projects went on the shelf mm -hmm. because we weren't sure what the climate was going to be. And so, you know, it was interesting as, as we you know, looked through the year when we started in March of last year, you know, we talked about our billing. And then as we went throughout the year, you saw that billing slowly start to creep down. And so, you know, we, we normally look at things as a six month, nine month and 12 month backlog. And as you start to see, you know, like, you know, we're at 12 months and then you start to see things creep lower and lower and lower. And you start to like, you know, come out of that that backlog comfort zone and then you start getting into the territory of like uh-oh you know like let's just let's pump the brakes a little bit let's you know make sure that you know because we didn't do any layoffs and you know we were able to with our backlog sustain everybody's employment throughout you know the the challenging time but you know a lot of people slowed down and a lot of projects went on hold and you know, yeah, we were going after pursuits still because, you know, they were still issuing RFPs and things like that. Well, fast forward a year and a month, and here we are in the, okay, I want to do this project now. Mm -hmm. But you've got, you know, this person who wants to do their project, this person who wants you to do their project, and so on and so forth. It's a good problem to have until you get to the point where you're like, oh, crap we don't have a lot of staff to handle this extraordinarily large influx of new work coming in. Mm -hmm. And so you, you staff all of the projects so that you have them attended to. Um, but you also are, you know, kind of like suffering because you don't have enough people for, uh, larger projects or smaller. I mean, you know, because you're still going to need depending on the size of the project, you're still going to need a reasonable amount of staff so that you're not overworking the people, whether it's a small project or a big project. And, you know, unfortunately you just can't find people. It's just, Ooh, I want that guy. Oh no, he's working on this and that and this and that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's, it's just, that's, that's the, the, that's where people are right now. I mean, I, I've, I've seen it in conversations on, you know, things like the Entree Architect uh, Facebook page where people are talking about, you know, hey, I've got, you know, too much work. How do I say no? And you, you went, you know, going back to when 
you said Cormac doesn't know how to say no. Well, architects don't really know how to say no very yeah, well. Feast or famine, right? It's like exactly typical service oriented business. Yeah, yeah. And so they're just like, well, if I say no, then you know what? I, I think don't that the, yeah, that goes deep into the uh, evolution of a of humanity, right? It's like no, I want to survive. Is what you, you're saying? No to survival is is how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I just can't do it. Uh, but in the meantime, everybody gets to uh, work through it, the insanity. And... I see the I see that head, you know, the light coming towards me. Yeah. <laughs> My guess, it, I'm guessing that it's the end of the tunnel and not a train. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll yeah, find out when we get there. Right, right. I, I do see a lot of people posting on linkedin that they're hiring so it does seem like things are picking up but at the same time i'm reading about how all the wood construction materials have Mm. you know i i oh my gosh i mean some of the memes that are out there for you know i I was having a conversation with somebody just yesterday actually and they were talking about oh yeah i went to home depot and a sheet of plywood was 85 dollars i'm like what 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 what, what?" yeah right osb was was up 400 percent you know, yeah. I, and, you know, and, and you see people, you know, because we've got tons of friends, you know, architect friends that are, you know, like do their own projects or mm-hmm. and and they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm, you know, I've got this and they've got they like show a picture. I think one of our friends, um, friends of the show was actually like, you know, showed a picture of, you know, like a few sheets of plywood. And he's like, you know, should I hold on to it? Like, man, you're sitting on gold right right <laughs> but for how long <laughs> exactly but yeah all the mills are that there's so many factors that that covid drove oh, yeah. with that but but yeah i, yeah. I heard about that osb was up 400 percent originally you know nine nine bucks for a, a sheet of osb and now it's 37 dollars or whatever 40 bucks and it's it's like if you're going to build a house which is i mean houses residential is wood in this country <laughs> it's right? wood yeah um, yep. and, and maybe it was artificially low before, I don't know, but, uh, the, the change is drastic and that's, what's shocking people. And, but at the same time, like you're saying you're busier than ever, people are hiring. So either they think it's going to go back down by the time the project gets built or, or what it's going to get shelved again because they can't afford it at that point when the, when all the bids come in too high, I, you know, what are you going to VE out of it? And it's always well, going to be architecture. It's not going to be like floor space or floor area, you know. So we had been tracking through the pandemic. We had been tracking with the contractor, the CM on our project that just went out to bid, like probably about two and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We had been tracking, you know, what are the impacts on the market? What are the impacts for, you know, potential delays? I mean, you know, long lead items, are they longer? are you know just like regular regular materials like metal studs and stuff like that i mean you know what is the impact of all of this and if it like kept saying oh we really you know we really should buy now because you know if you wait until this you know starts to free up then the demand's going to just grow exponentially and the prices are going to go skyrocket so i know what the budget is for this project right now and I'm really interested to see what it comes in when everybody, you know, finally comes in because they're going to have to factor in whether or not they have to expedite material because of the schedule or things like that, or if it's even available. 
thankfully it's a high rise. So it's not a wood building. <laughs> so it's not a wood building. It's, you know, steel and concrete and terracotta panels and, you know, curtain yeah. wall and stuff like that. But I mean, if you've got wood being affected like that, you're going to have other, you know, yeah. consumable items going to be the same. Yeah, because you know, people I, are going to look for alternatives, right? And then it's like, going to oh, impact crap, the other I can't stuff. Get a, right. I can't get a wood stud, so maybe I should get a metal stud. Right. And now everybody's like, oh, you know, let's go get a metal stud. <laughs> and and now like a 15-story building that's going to need a lot of metal studs is going to be like, oh, we just, you know, raised our price 30%. Yeah, demand went up. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the, the, the reasons that they were citing were, number one, like, obviously there were shutdowns. So yep. uh, yeah. mills couldn't be open and then they reopened kind of tentatively at lower capacities right and they also didn't foresee all of the home improvement that was going to happen that demand right so not only did they not really ramp back up but they didn't ramp back up enough for for that new kind of surge that happened they weren't ready for that surge and so yeah now now it's just they're they're so far behind it's and yeah. I was I was hearing like in California specifically that the bark beetles the, that problem that's out here was one of the the main causes of just a shortage of supply at all. But now I'm really hearing that it's the, it was the mills, and now they just can't keep up with the demand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see a clear cutting of the country. <laughs> mm. Just uh, you know, like I need wood. I need product. I need. Yeah, yeah I, I was up it, in Washington, it's, it's, and there's tons of logging going on. I mean, we're very actively, obviously, it's all planned way, way, way ahead of time, and so it wasn't out of the the norm. But um, they're they're doing tons of logging, and in these places where they're doing some really great forestry management, but it's the the mill is the bottleneck, right? It's not the it's not the supply of the raw material. It's the turning the raw material into the nominal lumber, right? It's a rough spot, man. So it is interesting yeah. to kind of square the the equation here where there is so much hiring happening. And I, I just wonder, like, it seems like there's a lot more opportunity now than ever to do something about the existing buildings that are everywhere sitting empty and repurposing yeah. those for, for better, newer things. Not better, but different things, right? But a lot of people don't want that. They want their fancy building on there. Yeah, but you know, there's and... it's 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 still a catch twenty two though because you know that well at least I know for certain that for the scale of like new construction for like say just a um, a high school, let's you know just let's just pick an archetype that you know and I have worked on together you know mm-hmm. like worked on before, so surprisingly enough it actually costs more per square foot to renovate or revitalize yeah it just doesn't a, take as much an, material because <laughs> it doesn't take as it that's why i'm going that direction material. is because it's well, already the, so, the superstructure is already there yes depending depending on so like yours is a you so what's interesting is is here's here's the east coast west coast kind of like mentality is West Coast, you're like, well, the the structure's already there, but your structure's not as old as like the structures I might be dealing True. with, like you know, dealing I'm with thinking about all these giant warehouses that are you just know, like 
you could turn into anything. Twenty year old, you know, wood frame brick clad building that we literally had to like cut all of the wood out of it, right, and replace, replace all of the wood yeah. because it couldn't stand up to the current coats, right, and it could barely stand up on its own, regardless of coat or not. Jeez, you know, so. You know, so so those were some, you know, those are some interesting dynamics to to do that too. So um, yeah, and, and and actually, you know, you you hit it on with the home renovations. You know, hey, I'm going to be working from home. Mm-hmm. I need I need to convert this, you know, basement into an office and a school. Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what I did. You know, I, not not a exact, basement, but yeah, converted exact one space into two offices and school. Right, and yeah. did it all myself and. Luckily, I guess I beat the surge. <laughs> Jeez, because I can't imagine, you know, paying another thirty percent of what I paid right. on top of that right. to do it. I just I would have wouldn't have done it. Yeah, the budget the budgets are real. So that that's yeah. also kind of yeah. weird to me. It's like the budgets are real. Like these the, the numbers are aren't lying, and people are still con- choosing to move forward with it. Like they've yeah. they've got to. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, in, in the cases of like higher ed, I mean, you know, the, the demand is back for like, say, you know, student housing or that new lab building or, you know, something to keep them competitive with uh, mm-hmm. the market out there for, you know, for the new students. And, you know, so they are going to have to have, you know, newer state of the art living quarters or, you know, teaching facilities and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, I you know, like so, so I was listening to a podcast yesterday and, and this guy teaches at a university and uh, it's like an economics teacher or something. And and uh, during the pandemic, you know, he typically had a class size of 120 and they said, can you do 240 or whatever, 200 or 240? And he was like, OK, you know, I'll try it. And it wasn't any extra work for him to do that. Right. And I've In had the- a different experience than that. But technology well, virtual, basically, yeah, because right? it's all virtual, but yeah. technology made it so that class size didn't matter. So honestly, he's like, honestly, right. it could be a thousand. It could be, you know, so it's interesting to think because then it, then it's like well, the reason that they went up for him is because students wanted to take his class. Right. It's not that the it's not the class itself. It's his class in this instance. A very popular, you know, well esteemed, highly esteemed professor and obviously great ratings on whatever website or, you know, I'm sure the word's out. Got to, got to take this one of these three professors, not these other five that offer the same course. So it's interesting to hear like colleges wanting to build these spaces to attract students. Obviously technology matters, what, you know, especially if it's hands-on labs and things like that. Um, but we're also seeing a push for class sizes to increase which can only be handled by technology in virtual space for certain mm. professors teaching that course because of their method of teaching, their personality, whatever those things are that are, that go into that part of the equation. And uh, it's it's interesting to kind of just watch this happen with higher education institutions and how they're trying to figure out how to balance all of that because it is. It is interesting. They they first thought that, you know, we have to limit class size and now class size is unlimited potentially depending on the class. Right. And they're right. trying to figure out how to how to deal with that. See, you know, and that's a that's just a interesting in its own right, because 
much like how offices are starting to reassess whether or not they need these big spaces to house all of their employees or offer flex space for people who do want to come in or need to come in for like meetings or whatever. And then other people who, you know, want to just work from home. Mm -hmm. I mean, school can maybe not necessarily like, you know, the K through 12, but higher ed definitely can do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going on now, like what a year and a half of my son basically getting his college degree from his bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm right. not necessarily sure he actually wanted to do that, but, right. you know, the option was there and he took it and he kept going to school and but he did it from the comfort of his own bedroom. Yeah. And obviously there's upsides and downsides to that. There is some. Yeah. But speaking yeah. of offices, I, 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 I was just reading uh, Atlassian, I believe, was the company. They're Australian and they make project management software like Trello. We've used mm-hmm. that before in Jira. OK, but yeah. they're they're going back to the offices four times a year. That's it. That wow. I mean, and and to think about it, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, we were just talking about, you know, in this new project that I'm working on, we were talking about travel. You know, because obviously like every once in a great while we're gonna have to travel for project coordination, on site construction, things like that. Right. But I mean, it was even said it was just like, look, you know, the this team's call is a heck of a lot cheaper than five people hopping on a plane and right. going overseas. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so four times a year. I mean, I would take four times a year over zero times a year, and I would also take it more than yeah, five absolutely. times a week, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it seems like yeah, a, yeah, a really absolutely. great balance to, because honestly, like we've talked about this in the past too, it, some people being in the office some of the time and having all of those staggered schedules is not going to be that it, any better than what we're experiencing right. right now. Right. It's, it, it's not a level playing field. If you have people in a conference room and people on zoom, it's not the same. And the people on zoom are not going to get the same experience. And so you have to start enforcing behavioral change around equity of participation. Right. And, and that something we've never had to deal with before. And people are going to handle that very poorly. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But because it's like, well, I'm here. I mean, we've seen this in architecture forever, right? It's a butt-in-seat mm-hmm. mentality. What If, I, if yeah. you're not right there and I can't see you, you are not working on my project. I know it, right? You're on Facebook. <laughs> and, and, the, and the great thing is, is that we just proved them wrong. Yeah, but, but, but that's still going to come we, back up. Well, true. But still, I mean, yeah, but that's only going to come up by the people who still have are reluctant to change or, you know, they like the norm of like, you know, being in the office and, you know, kind of like almost micromanaging people. And, mm-hmm. and I've, I've found that, you know, I've been able to like, you know, manage projects, big projects too, from the comfort of my home, from the comfort of their home, you know, with just, yes, I mean, we talk a lot on Zoom and things like that, but, you know, we're able to still be able to accomplish that stuff and, and, you know, I don't see them face to face. I mean, we we've had two times in the past year that I've actually seen my team physically seen my team because right. we needed to present materials to the owner and you can't like, ooh, and see, I'm going to hold this up to the screen. Can you? Oh, it's not. It's, it's still blurry. Sucks. Sorry. Hold, hold on. Oh, the lighting's hold not on. good. Yeah, exactly. 
can you what do you think of this color and honestly really, like you're, you're, you're could not... <laughs> you could do that stuff if you approach that well, differently but a lot of people are like actually, no this actually, is just what... a band-aid we're, we're gonna get through this and we're gonna go back to the office so we're not going to invest into that yeah Actually, what we were going to end up, we what we were planning on doing for that that meeting, that materials meeting, because um, it was a materials and colors meeting, and what we were going to do is we were going to base we ordered two of everything, one for us and one for okay. the yeah. the client, and we were going we we went in we you know marked up you know where is this going to go mm-hmm. created some boards and everything else and and you know took photographs and and you know associated everything with renderings and everything else and we were going to send it to her and then basically hop on the zoom and say okay if you pick up terracotta piece number one and you know this is color sierra high country i don't know i'm just making a name up you know (laughs) um what do you think of that well you know but the thing is is that what they really want to see is you know this terracotta needs to match all of the historic brick on site they need to be on site with that piece of terracotta and those bricks to see how it works together. Hold it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Why, you know, the in-person basically had to occur the way that it did. Otherwise, when you're doing like virtual walkthroughs, if you're doing it on the computer, okay. I mean, what's the difference from them sitting in the conference room with you kind of like surfing through, mm-hmm. you know, like walking through an Enscape versus you know them sitting on their computer in the comfort of their home doing the exact same thing yeah i guess the difference there and i I realize that this is a complicated conversation to even (laughs) stay on one side of right right Uh, oh oh, yeah yeah because because honestly like the reason we did that before was because it is about working with people like and, and actually being there right that's Part of what an architect sells is that process of inclusion with, throughout the design of the project. And to do that remotely and further remove ourselves, you know, on some level from that equation is not good in the long run for the profession, I don't think. Right? True. And, and it really starts to, in a way, and I know that this is kind of a weird tangent, but it starts to almost devalue our value, you know, because we're there, we're wanting to engage, we're wanting to talk about things and stuff. And the further and further we're detached from kind of like that almost hands on, Mm -hmm. the more and more they're like, well, what do I really need them for? You know, I don't really need them for CA, which they, you know, definitely do. Um, I don't need them to do this. You know, if they're just going to send me a little package and stuff, you know, I, I mean, I could go to Home Depot and pick out colors and stuff and say, I'm just going to go with this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so it, it's a it's an interesting slippery slope that it really is hard to kind of like there are advantages to the architect, you know, an employee of the architect. But then there is also a whole slew of and as you were pointing out, disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's you're it's it's going to be tough it is going to be an interestingly tough thing to but i think you said it like you know some time ago that if now if you don't offer some form of like flexible hours where you know they can work from home or work in the office they're just going to go to the next job who does offer that right you know and it's going to be harder and harder for people to retain or 
you know, acquire new talent. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you've been surprisingly lucid. So it's one of two things. <laughs> you're either on like wind number four or whatever, or you're just always super tired when we record. And this is just normal for you. So <laughs> I can't tell which uh, <laughs> all bets are mm -hmm. off here. Yeah, I, I can't tell right now either. <laughs> well, uh, good catching up. I think I'm at what was what's five hours past twenty twenty nine hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't hit the thirty, so I'm I'm good. That's okay. Yeah, that, that's when the battery actually shuts off. Like it's blinking red right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's um it, it it's it's like the uh, when the battery goes bad in your smoke detector, and it's just like the little chirp. That's what you've been getting chirping. from me right now. It's just the chirp. 